Chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. Of Catina Aria, commentary on the four Gospels collected out of the works of the Fathers, Gospel of St. John, by St. Thomas Aquinas. The Sleeperbox recording is in the public domain. Verse 13. And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. Augustine. After taking notice of this lack of knowledge in a person, who, on the strength of his magisterial station, set himself above others, in blaming the unbelief of such men, our Lord says, that if such as these do not believe, others will. No one hath ascended into heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man who is in heaven. This may be rendered, the spiritual birth shall be of such sort, as that men from being earthly shall become heavenly, which will not be possible except they are made members of me, so that he who ascends becomes one with him who descended. Our Lord accounts his body, i.e. his church, as himself. Gregory, for as much as we are made one with him to the place from which he came alone in himself, thither he returns alone in us, and he who is ever in heaven daily ascendeth to heaven, Augustine, although he was made the Son of Man upon earth, yet his divinity, with which, remaining in heaven, he descended to earth, he has declared not to disagree with the title of Son of Man, as he hath thought his flesh worthy the name of the Son of God. For through the unity of person, by which both substances are one Christ, he walked upon earth, being Son of God, and remained in heaven, being Son of Man and the belief of the greater involves belief in the less, than the divine substance which is so far removed from us, and could for our sake take up the substance of man so as to unite them in one person, how much more easily may we believe that the saints united with the man Christ become with him one Christ, so that while it is true of all that they ascend by grace, it is at the same time true that he alone ascends to heaven. Who came down from heaven? Chrysostom. Or thus, Nicodemus having said, We know that thou art a teacher sent from God. Our Lord says, And no man hath ascended, etc. In that he might not appear to be a teacher only like one of the prophets. Theophylact. When thou hearest that the Son of Man came down from heaven, think not that his flesh came down from heaven, for this is the doctrine of those heretics, who held that Christ took his body from heaven and only passed through the Virgin. Chrysostom. By the title Son of Man here, he does not mean his flesh, but himself altogether, the lesser part of his nature being put to express the whole. It is not uncommon with him to name himself wholly from his humanity, or holy from his divinity. Bede. If a man of set purpose descend naked to the valley, and there providing himself with clothes and armor, ascend the mountain again, he who ascended may be said to be the same with him who descended. Hilary. Or his descending from heaven is the source of his origin, as conceived by the Spirit. Mary gave not his body its origin though the natural qualities of her sex contributed its birth and increase. That he is the Son of Man is from the birth of the flesh, which was conceived in the Virgin. That he is in heaven is from the power of his everlasting nature, 
which did not contract the power of the word of God, which is infinite, within the sphere of a finite body, our Lord remaining in the form of a servant, far from the whole circle, inner and outer, of heaven and the world, yet as Lord of heaven and the world, was not absent therefrom. So then he came down from heaven, because he was the Son of Man, and he was in heaven, because the word which was made flesh had not ceased to be the word. Augustine, but thou wonderest that he was at once here and in heaven. Yet such power hath he given to his disciples. Hear Paul, our conversation is in heaven. If the man Paul walked upon earth and had his conversation in heaven, shall not the God of heaven and earth be able to be in heaven and earth? Chrysostom, that too which seemeth very lofty is still unworthy of his vastness. For he is not in heaven only, but everywhere, and filleth all things. But for the present he accommodates himself to the weakness of his hearer, that by degrees he may convert him. Verses 14 and 15. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Chrysostom. Having made mention of the gift of baptism, he proceeds to the source of it, i.e. the cross. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Bede. He introduces the teacher of the Mosaic law to the spiritual sense of that law by a passage from the Old Testament history, which was intended to be a figure of his passion and of man's salvation. Augustine. Many dying in the wilderness from the attack of the serpents, Moses, by commandment of the Lord, lifted up a brazen serpent, and those who looked upon it were immediately healed. The lifting up of the serpent is the death of Christ, the cause by a certain mode of construction being put for the effect. The serpent was the cause of death, inasmuch as he persuaded man into that sin, by which he merited death. Our Lord, however, did not transfer sin, i.e., the poison of the serpent, to his flesh, but death in order that, in the likeness of sinful flesh, there might be punishment without sin, by virtue of which sinful flesh might be delivered both from punishment and from sin. Theophylact. See then the aptness of the figure. The figure of the serpent has the appearance of the beast, but not its poison. In the same way, Christ came in the likeness of sinful flesh, being free from sin. By Christ's being lifted up, understand his being suspended on high, by which suspension he sanctified the air, even as he sanctified the earth by walking upon it. Herein too is typified the glory of Christ, for the height of the cross was made his glory, for in that he submitted to be judged. He judged the prince of this world, for Adam died justly because he sinned, our Lord unjustly because he did no sin. So he overcame him who delivered him over to death, and thus delivered Adam from death. And in this the devil found himself vanquished, that he could not, upon the cross, torment our Lord into hating his murderers, but only made him love and pray for them the more. In this way the cross of Christ was made his lifting up in glory. Chrysostom. Wherefore he does not say, The Son of Man must be suspended, but lifted up. A more honorable term, but coming nearer, the figure. He uses the figure to show that the old dispensation is akin to the new, 
and to show on his hearer's account that he suffered voluntarily and that his death issued in life augustine as then formerly he who looked to the serpent that was lifted up was healed of its poison and saved from death so now he who is conformed to the likeness of christ's death by faith and the grace of baptism is delivered both from sin by justification and from death by the resurrection as he himself saith that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life what need then is there that the child should be conformed by baptism to the death of christ if he be not altogether tainted by the poisonous bite of the serpent chrysostom observe he alludes to the passion obscurely in consideration to his hearer but the fruit of the passion he unfolds plainly viz that they who believe in the crucified one should not perish and if they who believed in the crucified live much more shall the crucified one himself augustine but there is this difference between the figure and the reality that the one recovered from temporal death the other from eternal verses sixteen through eighteen for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life for god sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved he that believeth on him is not condemned but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten son of god chrysostom having said even so must the son of man be lifted up alluding to his death lest his hearer should be cast down by his words forming some human notion of him and thinking of his death as an evil he corrects this by saying that he who was given up to death was the son of god and that his death would be the source of eternal life so god loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life as if he said marvel not that i must be lifted up and that you may be saved for so it seemeth good to the father who hath so loved you that he hath given his son to suffer for ungrateful and careless servants the text god so loved the world shows intensity of love for great indeed and infinite is the distance between the two he who is without end or beginning of existence infinite greatness loved those who were of earth and ashes creatures laden with sins innumerable and the act which springs from the love is equally indicative of its vastness for god gave not a servant or an angel or an archangel but his son again had he many sons and given one this would have been a very great gift but now he hath given his only begotten son hilary if it were only a creature given up for the sake of a creature such a poor and insignificant loss were no great evidence of love they must be precious things which prove our love great things must evidence its greatness god in love to the world gave his son not an adopted son but his own even his only begotten here is proper sonship birth truth no creation no adoption no lie here is the test of love and charity that god sent his own and only begotten son to save the world theophylact as he said above that the son of man came down from heaven not meaning that his flesh did come down from heaven 
on account of the unity of person in Christ, attributing to man what belonged to God. So now conversely, what belongs to man, he assigns to God the word. The Son of God was impassable, but being one in respect of person with man, who was passable, the Son is said to be given up to death, inasmuch as he truly suffered, not in his own nature, but in his own flesh. From this death follows an exceeding great and incomprehensible benefit, viz. that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The Old Testament promised to those who obeyed it length of days. The Gospel promises life eternal and imperishable. Bede. Note here that the same which he before said of the Son of Man, lifted up on the cross, he repeats of the only begotten Son of God viz. that whosoever believeth in him, etc. For the same our Maker and Redeemer, who was Son of God before the world was, was made at the end of the world the Son of Man, so that he who by the power of his Godhead had created us to enjoy the happiness of an endless life, the same restored us to the life we have lost by taking our human frailty upon him. Alcun, Truly through the Son of God shall the world have life. For for no other cause came he into the world, except to save the world. God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Augustine, for why is he called the Savior of the world, but because he saves the world? The physician, so far as his will is concerned, heals the sick. If the sick despises or will not observe the directions of the physician, he destroys himself. Chrysostom, because whoever he says this, slothful men, in the multitude of their sins, in excess of carelessness, abuse God's mercy, and say, There is no hell, no punishment. God remits us all our sins. But let us remember that there are two advents of Christ, one past, the other to come. The former was not to judge, but to pardon. The latter will be not to pardon, but to judge us. It is of the former that he says, I have not come to judge the world. Because he is merciful, instead of judgment, he grants an internal remission of all sins by baptism, and even after baptism opens to us the door of repentance, which, had he not done, all had been lost. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Afterwards, however, there follows something about the punishment of unbelievers, to warn us against flattering ourselves that we can sin with impunity. Of the unbeliever, he says, he is judged already. But first, he says, he that believeth on him is not judged. He who believeth, he says, not who inquires. But what if his life be impure? Paul very strongly declares that such are not believers. They confess, he says, that they know God, but in works deny him. That is to say, such will not be judged for their belief, but will receive a heavy punishment for their works, though unbelief will not be charged against them. Alcyon, he who believes on him and cleaves to him, as a member to a head, will not be condemned. Augustine, what didst thou expect him to say of him who believed not, except that he is condemned? Yet mark his words, he that believeth not is condemned already. The judgment hath not appeared, but it is already given. For the Lord knows who are his, who are awaiting the crown, and who the fire. 
Chrysostom, or the meaning is that disbelief itself is the punishment of the impenitent, inasmuch as that is to be without light, and to be without light is of itself the greatest punishment. For he is announcing what is to be. Though a murderer be not yet sentenced by the judge, still his crime has already condemned him. In like manner he who believes not is dead, even as Adam. On the day that he ate of the tree, died. Gregory, or thus, in the last judgment some perish without being judged, of whom it is here said, he that believeth not is condemned already. For the day of judgment does not try those who for unbelief are already banished from the sight of a discerning judge, are under sentence of damnation, but those who retaining the profession of faith have no works to show suitable to that profession. For those who have not kept even the sacraments of faith do not even hear the curse of the judge at the last trial. They have already, in the darkness of their unbelief, received their sentence, and are not thought worthy of being convicted by the rebuke of him whom they had despised. Again, for an earthly sovereign in the government of his state has a different rule of punishment. In the case of a disaffected subject and a foreign rebel, in the former case he consults the civil law, but against the enemy he proceeds at once to war and repays his malice with the punishment it deserves, without regard to law, inasmuch as he who never submitted to law has no claim to suffer by the law. Alcune. He then gives the reason why he who believes not is condemned, viz. because he believeth not in the name of the only begotten Son of God, for in this name alone there is salvation. God hath not many sons who can save. He by whom he saves is the only begotten. Augustine. Where then do we place baptized children? Amongst those who believe, this is acquired for them by the virtue of the sacrament and the pledges of the sponsors. And by the same rule, we reckon those who are not baptized among those who believe not. End of chapter 3, verses 13 through 18.